This is GKW. Welcome into another episode of Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee, along with Jonathan Hood, you know Jay Hood, from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, and of course, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm, breaking down all the things that happened, and even looking forward a little bit to some of the things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling, and that is where we start, looking a little bit forward, because this weekend we hit WrestleMania Backlash, the pay-per-view, or excuse me, exclusive live event, is that what they're called? Uh, yes, now in premium the live event, I believe. Oh, premium, Come on, premium, premium, premium live, live event, event. goddammit. <laughs> I apologize, Vince. Uh, So the premium live event, WrestleMania Backlash, which as of right now only officially has six booked matches, only one of which is for a championship. We don't have anything for the Intercontinental Champion Ricochet, nothing for the U.S. Champion Theory, no Raw Women's Championship Challenger for Bianca Belair. And maybe tomorrow night on SmackDown, they add a women's tag team championship um, match to this card. But as of right now, nothing is official there. Um, So I guess where we start is what's probably going to be the main event. And one of the more confusing things that I think has happened in WWE, they spend the last month pushing and building up and actually getting me excited for a tag team unification match. They have the contract signing last Friday on SmackDown between RK-Bro and the Usos that eventually Roman Reigns decides to rip up, shove down the throats of Riddle, and now we're getting a six-man tag as Drew McIntyre has inserted himself into this story. So uh, why we decided to build for a unification for a month only to throw it away in the last week makes no sense to me. But we're going to get a six-man tag match that's probably going to main event this pay-per-view that feels like it should be the main event for a live show. Imagine that. WrestleMania Backlash has one title match so far. One title match. And then the guy that you really want to see, Roman Reigns, as you mentioned, is going to be part of a six-man tag team match, a trios match. So, I mean, I look at this card, gentlemen, and... It's, it's, I think Seth Rollins and, and Cody Rhodes are going to kill it. I think AJ Styles and Edge are going to have a good match. But the rest of this, a six-man match for a main event? I mean, everybody wants to see Roman defend the championship. But as we've talked about on previous shows here on GKW, here, here's what happens when you don't have a real contender for Roman's championship after Brock Lesnar. I mean, that should be – I mean, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns have been all, on all the house shows. And I'm sure that they've been really good on the house shows, but ultimately they have not built a strong contender for what we really want to see, Roman against someone. And now he's going to be part of a trios match, Brian. And it's kind of like, you're just throwing this event away in this sea town known as Providence, Rhode Island. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, we got excited for that tag match, and I feel like there was positivity coming out of WrestleMania. We all agreed, like, it was a pretty good show. So their solution is... Hey, let's do it again. Like you mentioned those six matches, four of them are Mania rematches. We've already seen it. And we talked about it on this show. Like they did the Nakamura thing. They had him come out there. And I don't know if we were completely sold on it, but at least it was something different. And Roman versus Nakamura probably would have been a good match. But then that just sort of went away. Like there's no point to this pay-per-view. All that build towards a tag match, which I thought was them just reacting to, you know, AEW and how much they put into the tag division. Saying, hey, look, we can do it also. And now it's a six-man. Like you said, it's a house show. Like, that's all this is. There's no reason 
that grabbed you and said, hey, I want to watch this week. Because even with Rollins and Cody, like, I'm at the, under the belief Rollins wins, it's 1-1, one, one, and then part three is Monday night. And then you get it again. So, like, what is the point of watching Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Flair versus Rousey is going to, it's the only championship match currently booked. It's going to be presumably kind of the blow off for this feud because I don't know how you build off of an I quit match. It's one of those, you know, once you get to I quit, there's really nothing more to build to. Oh, it's the WWE. Now, yes, you're right. How about this? How about we have an I quit match at Backlash and then on Raw, a rematch. I got it. I quit. Again. <laughs> like, I quit sure. again. Yeah. <laughs> I still know what you did last summer. Um, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. So you have the I quit match there. You have the rematch with Styles Edge. Lashley versus Omas doesn't do much for me. Um, I can't, I, I haven't been able to get behind Madcap Moss either in his feud against Baron Corbin, excuse me, Happy Corbin. Uh, what else do you see potentially being added to this card? I mean, we only have SmackDown, so that's what makes me think that we're not going to see the Raw Women's Championship defended unless they decide to throw something together last second and announce it during SmackDown. But we've got the two hours on SmackDown. I would assume maybe a couple of matches there, but they've been kind of replaying some of the same matches. I mean, they've been running back Sami Zayn versus uh, Drew McIntyre for the past month and finally blew that one off with a steel cage match on SmackDown this past week. Other than that, outside of the women's tag team championships, I don't know what else they can add that is going to make sense. Well, I mean, I, it, it's really not much because I'm still stuck on Roman not defending the championship. I mean, I like no, no real like the Intercontinental and the United States Championship is not being defended. So I'm offended as a fan because if it wasn't for this show, I'm ne- I'm going next. Like, okay, I'll read about it, but we have to watch it because it, we have the show. But guys, I mean, to me, the championship matters. The championship match matters because that means that I expect the wrestlers to step it up even a couple more notches in a championship affair. And we're not getting that. I mean, Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey. Rousey's going to go over because it is an I quit match. But is that the best match in the card? No, it's going to be more than likely Cody and Seth. You know they're going to have a great match like we saw at WrestleMania. WrestleMania Backlash is just another event. Um, they, I think that you know the tentpole events for the WWE. This is not one of them. This is the reason why that this is going to take place. We have a bunch of matches and not a lot of championship star power. Well, I mean, to your point about the world title meaning something, like shouldn't it honestly mean more now? Now that he's the undisputed champ, he has both world titles and the first premium event after it, like not defending it. The only positive I'll say is they've gotten better at when they realize they have nothing. It's just a two and a half hour show. Like they're not going to try and force four hours, hopefully. So at least that's a positive. It'll be a shorter show on Sunday night. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So the one thing that I actually am intrigued about coming into WrestleMania backlash is AJ Styles versus Edge. Just Mm -hmm. because, and maybe this is me talking myself into this, but AJ Styles, after he defeated Damian Priest this past Monday night on Raw, got the stipulation of no Damian Priest at ringside, which makes sense in storyline since Priest is the one who interrupted their Mania match and in Styles' mind cost him the match. He gets beat down post-match. Finn Balor comes out and makes the save. So both former Bullet Club members from New Japan Pro Wrestling do the two-sweet. They connect. 
what if Finn Balor and maybe and, and maybe this is because I like Finn and maybe it's because I like Edge and trust what he's going to do. What if Finn Balor is the newest member of Judgment Day? And Finn Balor's the one who comes out to the ring in support of AJ Styles, but turns on him and costs him the match once again. You know, I'm a big Edge fan. He's in my top 10 all time. I, I love Edge. I just think that he's been great in his career. Um, I think that the the promo ability for him, this is not who Edge is. Edge is usually to be able to speak off the top. I think that before he got into this Judgment Day, he had great promos. Uh, things that you want to sit and listen to. It was very good. This is just verbiage from the WWE writers, and it didn't seem to connect with me. But I know that once I mean, it's in it the was ring, cheap, Pete. He was doing. I mean, yeah. he did like he did. He literally did like a five-minute set, like a stand-up comedian would. But it was cheap, Pete. Like that was yeah. the first half of his promo on Monday. It just wasn't. It just wasn't good, Gabe. Like this is not the edge that I've seen over the years, in which he has a different cadence. He speaks differently. And he's a great promo, except for this. So I look forward to that matchup against AJ Styles. I think that's going to be a really solid match. And what if, you're right, there's room for a couple other people to be part of Edge's crew. It's not quite the brood. We haven't seen fake blood come down from the ceiling yet. It's not quite that. That brood actually, you know what? The brood actually was cool for its time. Oh, it was yeah. Very it, was very, it was very, very cool. Um, but I, I would love to see them do something with Finn Balor. If he's part of Judgment Day, I think that would be really cool. He, but I want him to be that other character. Does he have to be Finn? Can he be the other character? The demon? Uh, but yeah. I think that's, but being Judgment Day, I think a demon would kind of fit where he get kind of leaves the, ever, ever since he came back to the main roster, he's been that Prince character that he debuted at NXT when he went back down there. And we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen the demon Finn Balor. So to me, with Judgment Day, the lighting and everything they've been doing, in my mind, that's where Finn kind of can fit in and, and they can reintroduce the demon character. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I'm sort of intrigued by that. But in order for that group to be successful, we need Edge to win on Sunday, right? Like he has to go 2-0 yes. for AJ? Mm -hmm. I think so. Okay. I don't think you go 50-50 so booking here. Well, that's the thing. So that's the biggest thing that worries me Sunday. 50-50 booking and that. 50-50 and Seth and Cody. Like, you need to blow these things off. I mean, even Charlotte Ronda, like Ronda winning, that's 50-50 also. Like, yes, the eye quits the blow off, but then Charlotte still has to like, oh, well, you know, I get a rematch thing. So nothing, I feel like, gets progressed out of Sunday, which is the unfortunate part, and which is really where they've lacked the last few years, just that long-term storytelling. I know that they're probably building something down the line for – uh, Drew McIntyre versus versus Roman, but they have to start doing long-term planning. Okay, so who's up after Drew? Who's going to be challenger? And if they want to build Cody Rhodes into this legitimate challenger for Roman Reigns and build him into this guy that he wants to be a challenger for the WWE Championship, he has to win. I think he has to win on Sunday, and I doubt that he is because, again, WWE and their love of 50-50 booking. I don't know about you, but um, when I see Madcap Moss and, and Happy Corbin, I understand what this has been. I just think it's weird when Madcap Moss is tongue kissing the Andre the Giant trophy. I mean, get, he, I mean, he kisses and, and licks that thing, and it's kind of like, man, this guy looks like an incredible athlete, and he actually could be something without the suspenders. Um, but, I mean, they got him looking like a clown out there with Happy Corbin, and Corbin is a good athlete too. I, I think that he's, 
he had some some really solid heel work, I thought, for about a good year, as, as much as a heel can be in the WWE. So I'm down with that. Um, but the other thing know, with that trophy, like, that trophy is not good. So CBS Sports had it. There have been seven Andre the Giant Battle Royal winners. Five yeah. of them are no longer employed by the WWE. So good run so far. Do you guys happen to know <laughs> who those two are? There are two the that are still employed that have won. Uh, They're the uh, last two winners, but there's I feel zero percent chance you remember who won in 2021. Andre, um, <laughs> the Drew Drew McIntyre never won it, right? Or did he? Nope. Okay, is it an so NXT that, guy? No, it's Once, someone on the main roster. He's on the show Sunday. Yeah, is it Barry? So, Cor- so Corbin, Corbin and yeah, Corbin yeah. and Medcap. It Jay Uso won in 21. Excuse me? <laughs> According to the interwebs, that's what happened in 21. Jey Uso with the win. Are you sure that's right? Jey Uso? I, oh the internet doesn't god. lie. Come on, guys. Oh, my god. Really? He's definitely, he's definitely cut off the roster there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh my god. Exactly, you know, rocket ship to the moon with that title, with that, that trophy, I guess. Whatever you want to call it. Wow. Honest to god. Honest to God, the Andre the Giant uh, trophy to have to carry that around, that's a rib. That's a rib on the wrestlers. <laughs> no question. That thing's got to be heavy, man. Yeah. That thing's got to be really heavy. God almighty. It's just awkward. And it looks awkward to, like, hold up and sell it. It's, yeah, it's not a very good trophy. Uh, so that's that's so, WrestleMania backlash. Unless you guys want to go over Lashley versus Omas. That's the one we really haven't broken down. But yeah. I've, oh, I've, oh. I'm not excited for it. No, Omas can't work. He can't no, work. No. I mean, no. that's, I mean, that's that's the problem. Like, I feel bad for Lashley. He just he just can't work. I, we we documented this before. We you and I we all talked about this before. You big guys or tall guys do not resonate anymore in wrestling. It it just it just doesn't. We once see tall guys, we can watch the NBA. But mm-hmm. but back in the day when you saw someone come to your arena and he was seven foot four or seven foot three, it's like it didn't matter if he could work. It was just the the idea that you saw someone live that tall in an in a wrestling ring—it's a novelty now. I mean, AEW's trying this with a uh, the guy from India, almost is a tall guy, but it doesn't matter if a guy can't work. So I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But we'll see what they add because right now six matches. I mean, that's what an hour and a half, two hours maybe. Well, you got to get a video package telling us how we got there. You know, that's oh, okay. an extra hour. Oh, yeah, there, there, there we go. Please. All right. We got to catch yeah. up. You know how it goes. Yeah, Brian Brian knows what they got going on. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, listen, he's a, he's a fan of their production. Because <laughs> if you, you, you have an hour pregame with all those same packages, right? And then you get to Backlash and rerun those same packages <laughs> to stretch out a, a, a middle-of-the-road Backlash to make a three-hour show. And don't forget half those packages you've also seen on TV this week as well. Just in case you missed them. It just, it just seems like you said, Brian, just seems like wasted momentum coming out of WrestleMania because it was, (laughs) it, 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 it's just the, the two nights were so good and they were so much fun. And now here we are back with (laughs) this. I don't, I mean, I guess it's, it's, I guess it's on me for expecting something a little bit more. All right. Something else we like to do here on GKW each and every week after our top story, we go over the the next three stories going on in the world of professional wrestling. We call it the three count. What do we have at the top of the list this week, Brian? All right, guys, this past week, the rock, the great one celebrated his 50th birthday. So simple question here. Do we ever see the rock in the ring again? 
I'm going to say no. Like, wow. and, and I, I, it seems like even through his show, Young Rock, that he, that's where the build started potentially for next year's Mania in Los Angeles against his cousin Roman Reigns. But I just keep thinking about like everything that this man is involved with from his movies to his production company to the Young Rock to the XFL, which is going to be starting up next spring as well. So he's going to have his hands full trying to make sure that league gets off the ground right around WrestleMania time. Is he going to actually have time? to dedicate to a WrestleMania build worthy of a main event with his cousin Roman, who presumably at the time is still going to be a double champion, which is going to be interesting to see how they keep Roman interesting for the next 12 months, seeing as how it's off to such a great start. Um, So I I just don't know if he's going to have the time. And the last time he had an actual match, not the fake one against Eric Rowan, that became the quickest match in WrestleMania history a few years ago. But the actual last match, he tore his pec. And that knocked him out of action and took him out of the movies and the TV shows and everything that he wants to do. So I would say with everything else he does, as valuable as he is to those things, he just can't take the risk and and wrestle an actual main event match at WrestleMania. Well, our viewers and our listeners from ESPN Los Angeles, they want The Rock and because that's where WrestleMania is oh, going to yeah. be. I mean, so, you know, L.A. wants The Rock and they want Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Hollywood for WrestleMania 39. And listen, you never say never, right? I never thought I'd see Stone Cold Steve Austin and he comes ambling down um, to the ring after 19 years off and he has that schmaz, that whole fight thing with, um, with Kevin Owens. and so. Listen, Gabe is right that last time we did, we did see him that he was hurt. But, I mean, that's where the money is right there. I mean, it's not Cena. It's not Austin anymore. It's, it's got to be The Rock. And I don't know his schedule 12 months in advance. I have no idea, uh, Brian. But, I mean, I think everybody wants to see one more match. And because if it's not him, then who? Right. Like I like imagine and I don't know all the AEW contracts, too. Is there somebody from AEW that's coming over? And, and let's put it this way. And I know it doesn't matter anymore because it's WrestleMania. It sells itself. It's not even about the wrestlers. It sells itself the brand name. But it is Cody Roman. Is that does that do anything for you for a main event for WrestleMania 39? It, it I mean, could. Maybe. Yeah. But it, does it do anything for the person that isn't watching every week? Does it do anything for mainstream? which I don't think it's and like from the AEW standpoint, like even just throwing out Nate, like a Kenny or a Jericho, like that doesn't draw the same attention. So like, I get it from a Vince standpoint, like Vince is going to fork over whatever he can to get the rock there. But I sort of agree with Gabe, like 2013 is when that match was. And I think, you know, finances have to play a part in it. Like I'm sure Stone Cold is doing fine financially, but he's not the rock. So like there comes a point when enough dollars, enough zeros where you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, I can dust it off. Does that number exist for The Rock? I mean, probably. Like, everybody has a price, really? right? Like, even even if you have as even much money as Dwayne like Johnson. Yes, even as much money as Dwayne Johnson has. If Vince goes, I give you 30 million bucks. Like, you got to go, <laughs> okay, I'm there. Right? Like, but the difference is Stone Cold came back. And they were able to protect him in a way yeah. with the no disqualification match. So he's just throwing punches out in the crowd and they're able to protect. Like if rock comes back and wrestles for the undisputed championship, 
which again, it's going to be interesting to see if they somehow take one of those belts off of Roman before this, but he's going to have to have an actual match. And and I just don't think that you can protect him the way you were able to protect stone cold. Yeah. And and in that, but yeah, like maybe that's the way, like you do the celebrity tag approach. Like maybe it's not the main event and you're just trying to find a way to do it that way. I I just, does the rock wrestle again? Yes. It should be WrestleMania Hollywood, but maybe it won't be. But I, what I'm saying is, is that that's the most box office thing that WWE can do as far as having those two, two cousins fighting one another at WrestleMania. That'd be great. But to Gabe's point, what's your buildup, right? So does The Rock have enough time in his calendar? Kind of like Cena did. When Cena came back, he actually had time. He had the rolling suitcase and being on the road and doing house shows in Minneapolis and St. Louis and he was, he was making a loop, right? Because he was building toward that match against Roman. Is is the is a rock going to make those house shows in Omaha uh, and in, in Kansas City and in, in Oklahoma no. City? To, no, I mean, the rock. I mean, no, no, not a chance. I mean, okay, I mean, Cena did it. Cena was fine with it. But, but you know, I understand. I understand. But there's yeah. a difference between John Cena and Dwayne Johnson in Hollywood at this point. Like the Rock Are you is, sure? yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> slightly. This small one. I don't, I don't know, man. So, I mean, I mean, Cena's getting up there, man. Getting close. I'm just telling you. No, but but <laughs> like, really, yeah, he's trying. He's trying to get up there. But I say, Gabe, yes, at some point, because they, you never say never in the WWE. Vince will find a way. It's not even about money. It'd be because Rock's got plenty of money, as you well know. He's got plenty of it. I mean, he's the number one draw for movies in a, in the world. So you know, he's got plenty of cash. It's just the opportunity to close his the chap the wrestling chapter of his life. Yeah. So the, and that's the thing. Like you know, with the schedule, he works. He'll work a taker schedule. Like he'll show up once. You can show up at the Rumble, maybe one Raw, but like that's it. You can record some video vignettes, and like that's it to get that closure. Like I'll speak from experience. There was a time where every single time WWE came to Miami. I was like, I don't know if I want to go, but what if The Rock shows up? Like, I always had that small belief, like, maybe this is the one. It's Miami, as if he still lives down here, that, like, I would go just for that. (laughs) Never actually happened. But, like, just the mainstream, like, Vince loves that stuff so much. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ring. Like, just announcing that The Rock will be at Mania, that's what Vince gets everything from. Like, that's what he would live for at that point. So who goes over, Gabe? Who goes over? I mean, it's Roman. Roman goes over. You can't have Rock come he's, back and win the Undisputed Champion. Oh, come on. Like, Roman can't be like Bruno Sammartino, for God's sakes. You well, want to have a 10-year run? What the hell? I mean, I, what, you think the, you think the Rock is going to come back for a Mania build, win the championship, and then wrestle again so he can drop it? Yeah, what is, are you just going to take it to Hollywood? Like, what do you want him to do? Brock did. He can take the championship and then and then bring it around Hollywood and just go away for a while, then come back for WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> I love how you didn't check the notes. We have to check notes. Oh, WrestleMania backlash. That's what we're looking at here. Yeah, that's the that's the show after WrestleMania. So WrestleMania backlash. That's right. I mean, like, hey, he'll take it. Yeah, take it to Hollywood. Be on all the talk shows and like, yeah, I'm going to defend this at some point. I don't know when, but WWE's fine without me. It's fine. I don't have to defend it until another ninety I mean, days. In fairness, in fairness, <laughs> not like Roman's defending the championship this weekend either. So, you right, know, right. you know, in fairness, you, you bring up some little good points there, Jay Hood. Uh, <laughs> not working at six man at WrestleMania Backlash in 23. Hey, come on. 
I just think it's funny. Like, yes, I believe he's going to wrestle again. I just, but it's only Roman. That's the only thing I'm interested in. It's either Roman yeah, or yeah. Brock. That's all. I, I mean, look at that roster. This is what happens when you don't build stars. Seriously, this is what happens when you don't build stars. Because I should be able to give you ten guys in the WWE that'd be great, a great matchup for The Rock, and I don't, I can't give it to you. I can't even give you three. Right. No, and we should I have mean, young guys no, that got... the rock would be a big, you know, moment for. Like Roman winning would be a big deal, but like Roman's already top of the game. Like, what's beating the rock really gonna do for him? I mean yeah, wait a minute now. That's the second it's one of the biggest draws in the in the history of the company. Beating the rock. I mean, that's I like, mean, for the record books, that's pretty that's pretty strong. But if Roman's at like a nine on the superstar scale, maybe it gets him to a ten. Like there should be someone that is right there that is a mid card, like a Finn. Like he's the only one I can sort of think of that like beating the Rock would be career made. Roman has a Hall of Fame career without beating the Rock. But there, to your point, like there's no one that you're like, okay, this guy like that'd be a good spot to beat the Rock because they haven't built anyone up. No, it's not like they don't have the talent. You know, what? like they. They have Seth, they have Cody, they have AJ Styles, they have Edge. They have guys, granted most of those guys are a little bit older outside of Cody and Seth, who are, I believe are in their their younger 30s. But they've got enough guys there, and, and granted, I mean, Cody is only been back for a month, so we'll have to wait and see what they do at WrestleMania Backlash to see if they actually continue to build him. But, like, they didn't really do a good job with Seth. You know, Edge has been there, you know, Um AJ Styles certainly was just kind of in purgatory for 12 months as the tag partner for Omas, you know, where he ended up kind of looking like the bad one coming out of there because they, they tried to make Omas look strong. But they've got plenty of talent if they just knew how to book it correctly where they could have challengers lined up for Roman Reigns. They've just decided not to book them this way. So, uh, I, just, and, I mean, I, 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 we see the chat. James says yeah. Austin Theory is the only one that comes to mind that you want to put a young guy over. Rock Austin Theory. <laughs> I can see it now. Box office, pal. He just lost to Pat McAfee. <laughs> it's a redemption story. <laughs> he lost to an announcer. I guess, oh, uh, but I guess we don't really. And then who then lost to Vince McMahon? So who knows? Um, who's you know? What about I guess going a little. Braun Breaker, like if they have a year to build him up, he's just still so raw, yeah. you know. Like I don't, I'm not watching, but I hear that he's kind of toiling in NXT right now. After that build with him being champ, now he's in some kind of, you know, uh, halfway program that's not even interesting. What a surprise <laughs> being in NXT, right? So yeah, uh, Rocket Fifty again. Happy birthday to uh, to yeah. Dwayne, and and I hope we do see him. Like that would be interesting for me. Like I think everybody would love to see, and it would be interesting to see him against Roman Reigns. I just I have a hard time believing that. As big of a star as he is now, he actually comes back for one more match. Gabe, you have a favorite Rock match? <sighs> Man, I would probably. I got Man. mine. I got, I got Rock, going... Rock Hogan at WrestleMania in Toronto. So, so I was thinking Rock Hogan, or I was thinking Rock Stone Cold 2, even though he lost uh, that match. Oh, in Houston? Yeah. When, when Austin turned? Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those, those are the two that stuck out. The, the Rumble Mankind match with the chair shots. Oh, oh god. my god, oh, those boy. things don't age well. <laughs> That's oh those are tough god. to watch. Why 
Why is Brian <laughs> what constantly <did> wanting <laughs> us to think about the just like most cringy moments in professional wrestling? The other week, he's just standing, standing up. Oh, just, oh, you guys really got to watch these matches. You got to watch the intergender matches. They're fantastic. And me and Jay Hood are like, I don't know. And now he's like, oh, unprotected chair shots. God, unprotected chair shots. Those are iconic moments. It's in uh, Beyond the Mat. Those are very iconic moments. No. He wants to work. You want to work for Game Changers so bad. I can, I can, I can, I can see that. Razor blades. Nothing like being sent through a glass table in the opening match. Although, Sorry, you guys are so PG. My bad. Jeez. <laughs> Although the the empty arena match that they did for halftime, the halftime heat, I quit match, uh, yeah. where he beat mankind. That's another iconic uh, moment. And, and again, something different because it was halftime. It was empty arena, and and they were very creative with that. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, there there are plenty of opportunities for you know. I mean, what's your problem, Brian? Seriously. Sorry, geez, guys. <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> All right, let's let's just move on now. What do we have at number two of the three count this week, Brian? All right, another week of budget cuts in the WWE world. Ten NXT superstars this week. Which release will have the biggest future impacts? So, before I answer that question, Roderick Strong. Why is he still on the NXT roster? Like, how is he not involved as part of these releases? As a 38-year-old, he doesn't seem like he fits in with the new, hey, we want young stars, we want to build our own stars. And, I mean, he was a part of the Undisputed Era. He's a former North American champion in NXT. Like, he he seems like he has such a tie to the old black and yellow brand. Like, it just seems like he would have been a natural release here. And and yet he wasn't, which I I, I found very curious for, for because they see the most potential out of him. Like I think that says something about the ten they did release. So the Roderick yeah. is like, oh, your wife's over there, your friends are over there. Like, yeah, you can stay here. Like, thanks for asking. Like, no. Well, two things with that. He just he's asked for his release several times, and they've said no. And he also just uh, resigned a deal. I think it was last year. Multi a multi year uh, multi year deal with the WWE. Does it make sense for him to be NXT? No. Um, should he even be in the WWE? No, because the WWE, the way they want to handle business, and we've talked about this on the show, is that they want to go younger. And I get that. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be able to turn it over and have guys that are in their twenties. Uh, they probably see him as a trainer, and I know he doesn't want to do that. Roddy probably doesn't want to do that either. Uh, but actually, being on NXT brand, he actually is kind of like a trainer because. Older dude in a faction that doesn't matter anymore. And it's kind of like, it's a disconnect. But you know, you asked the question, but you know why he's there. Because you know where his next step is if they did release him. Yeah, because he would just be, he would be, despite AEW having such a loaded roster, he would naturally fit over at AEW. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like you look at these 10 names and like none of them really jump out. Like I feel like a lot of them are going to have the benefit of appearing on indie shows and saying they're former NXT talent. So maybe that gets them a few extra hundred dollars on an indie show. But like Dakota Kai is the only one to me that like could be something. So we've talked a lot about the AEW women's division and we'll talk about a little bit more. Like she at least could be something. I think she could be a top baby face. I love watching her work, but like the rest of them, like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm with you in terms of the one that I think can have the the most impact somewhere else. 
at least the most thing that's recognizable is Dakota Kai. Now, maybe one of these other names kind of goes someplace else, goes to an independent and, and sure. try to rebuild themselves up and becomes a name. But Dakota Kai, in terms of immediate impact, she's the only one. Um, so Dexter Loomis, I thought, was very good with the NXT brand. Saw him in, in uh, TNA as Sam Shaw. He, he says he has a stalker gimmick. And he's very good at it, right? The stern mustache, the crew cut kind of peering through your windows, move slowly. I think that that gimmick worked in NXT. It definitely worked. It started in TNA. So it, I think that he's a very good wrestler, a good character wrestler. So I think that that was a miss. I think he still should be with the roster. Malcolm Bivens is also very good. Now, this whole diamond mine he was part of, like it was Roger Strong, Suzuki, um, Marina Shafir, Arturo Ruas, and Tyler Rust. Okay, what what Malcolm Bivens brings, guys, is that he's a mouthpiece. He could be an yep. announcer or he could be a manager, not an in-ring guy. I saw him in ROH. I know what he can do. Um, he's He's got a comedy show that he's got going on now. I think he's on tour. But Bivens, again, just kind of a talker. But out of all these people, you are right. Dakota Kai, who was a fan favorite, part of Team Kick, I, I don't know why she's she's not even – she should have been on the main roster on a regular basis. I don't understand why she was not. But – Here's what I always think about these cuts. There's two things. One, guys, one thing is is that this is great for independent wrestling because if they don't go to AEW, they'll be in the indies. So this is one of these things. I'll mention this a lot on the show. If you don't want to root for the WWE, if you don't want to root for AEW or whatever motion, root for the wrestler. Root for your favorite wrestler. And if they're in the, in the independents, no matter what company they're with, root for them. Because sometimes AEW is going to let you down. Sometimes WWE is going to let you down. But if you root for the wrestler, you'll never be let down because they'll be your favorite. I think that that's one thing. But the other thing is, too, is this, this relates to before he came on the air, the earnings call that the WWE had. You don't have to cut anybody. <laughs> but you know, they said budget to, cuts. They said so. No, that's, that's the thing, right? And I know that we have people that are in business watching this, uh, watching our show and listening to our show every week. You don't have to cut anyone when you made hand over fist more money again this, this past season for WrestleMania season. You don't have to cut anybody. If you have nothing, uh, if you have nothing in on Raw or SmackDown or or NXT for someone, put them in NXT UK. Put them on another. Put them on a different show. But the the idea that you're cutting good talent because well we've got budget cuts. You don't you don't have any you don't need budget cuts when you continue but to make more and more money. But this seems to be part of the business plan for NXT 2.0, where they're I, I, they're just going to be churning people through. Like I think that I mean, really, they can't really cut anybody else. And as I say that, I'm sure they will cut more people on <laughs> Raw or SmackDown. But it doesn't seem like I mean, we we went over the WrestleMania Backlash card. They have six matches. Like there's not much more they can add to that. The main roster seems very thin at this point. And so I don't think they have anybody to cut from one of those two shows. Like they've got no one to cut from the main roster to me. Now, again, yeah. they probably could cut a few people, but I think NXT, we're going to be seeing this. Like where we saw 90 some odd wrestlers cut from WWE last year, I, I, I doubt we get to that number again, but the majority of those wrestlers going forward are going to be NXT because it seems like they want to just constantly churn over new talents in NXT. Well, Meltzer said this week, he started, but then it comes to 2.0, like it's 90 days. You got 90 days to prove yourself it's working or you're gone and that's it. So we're going to see that turnover, but like what happens then? Like there's only so many ex-football players that you can turn into wrestlers. Like, yeah, some of them are going to hit. That's going to be great. 
but this product that's already not great on Tuesday nights, like it's going to become even worse over the next few months. But that's, I mean, 90 days is such a short period of time. Three months is not a lot of time to be able to get a character, develop the character, and then get them over to the point where you're saving your job. Like that just seems like an impossible And some of them are just learning to wrestle. In addition to that, they have to learn how to wrestle. Yeah, with that NIL deal that they have, and they have that as well, they're getting people from all walks of life to get into the ring and try to wrestle. And it's kind of like, man, it does, you cannot learn this business in six months. You can't. You can't learn it in six years and really know it, right? And so uh, the thing that bothers me, Gabe, is the actual number. This is from the, this is from the earnings call before, right before we came on the air. The WWE reported a 27% increase in revenue to $333.4 million. You don't have to cut anybody. No. Nope. You don't have to. That, that's, that's my point. Like, I can understand if you are independent. It's like, man, COVID killed us, man. We got to cut some of this talent. We got to get... You're still making money because as much as we can complain about WWE booking or what they're doing with talent, they're still making money. People are still watching all over the world. So hey, so the idea that you can't, you got no room for Dakota Kai and then you have John Laurinaitis said, well, it's because of budget cuts. Like, seriously? Really? Come on, man. Well, that's the thing. When you're a publicly traded company, we now know what the finances look like. You have to have that quarterly earnings report. And when you make over a quarter of a billion dollars, again, like, seems like you're doing fine. Again, that $330 million number that that you just throw out there, J-Hood, that's for the first quarter. That's for the first quarter of the year. That's not for all 12 months. No, it is for just the first quarter. Which and they insane. even admitted on the call, like, it was more than they projected. Like, I think they knew they were going to be over, but they didn't even expect it to be this high. Like, oh, wow, this is impressive. Hey, you 10 guys, I hit the road. Thanks for coming. So, yeah. Pe- up. People power. <laughs> well, I guess another one to throw out, like, not really releases, but contracts expiring on the AEW side. Joey Janela, Jack Evans, Stu Grayson all uh, hitting the free agency market. Do you see anything with the three of those moving forward? I mean, I think Joey Janela, I mean, just what what he does, I mean, he has, has one of the more or had and, and continues to, I think, have one of the more popular um, independent shows around WrestleMania. I think he can continue to do that with his spring break um, series that he had. It always seemed like it was a fun show and people enjoyed going there. Um, maybe that's just what he continues to do. He just goes back to, to doing more of that. Um, with Stu Grayson, from my understanding, it seems like the door is still open for his potential return sure. for AEW. So maybe he goes back. Um, and, and rejoins them and, and is a part of the Dark Order, especially since his tag partner um, in Evil Uno is still over at AEW. I, I, I'm not sure if I can see him striking out on his own and having the success that the Super Smash Brothers did before they signed on at AEW. Did you mention Marco's stunt, Brian? Did you say him No, too? I did not. Yeah, Marco as well. That's right. Yeah, so Christopher Daniels is in the front office uh, and is supposed to handle talent. He's a talent relations guy. From what I understand from Sean Ross Sapp and others that, that cover this very closely, it's like they just feel like there should be more communication with the wrestlers yeah. that they're going to release. Um, notice it's not the big grandiose, you know, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. You see that the wrestlers kind of fade off of AWTV. All of a sudden, they're there and you just they just fade away. And so I guess the only thing I keep hearing is that they have to have better communication. This is what happens when you're a young company, right? You got to be able to understand how to communicate. And and you asked in the infancy of this show, Brian, like, so does AEW have too much talent? They don't have too much talent, but just like any other company, if you feel like you really have nothing for the, for those wrestlers, 
um, then you have a right to cut them. Joey Janela says he liked his time in AEW. It just didn't wasn't a fit for him. But I know that Joey Janela would be making over a million dollars in the indies, so he'll be fine. But how much of that is just a PR thing? Like, we ripped the WWE so much for their releases. So, like, if they were to cut a Marco or a Janela over the next few last few months, I feel like they would have caught heat for that as opposed to just like, hey, we'll keep paying you. Like, we'll let you know we need to show up to Jacksonville. Like, is this way better? I agree. Communication probably needs to be better. But at least they're paying these guys, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like because there's a difference between a contract expiring and letting somebody get and wishing yeah. somebody bet the best of luck in their future endeavors, you know, like, hey, we signed a contract. And like you said with Joey, like, hey, it just didn't work out, you know, and we'll move on. You know, you can move on. We'll move on, you know, and, and we'll figure it out there. It just seems from a PR perspective, letting someone's contract expire is better than prematurely releasing them from their contract. Fair. That's very fair. Because again, like Joey, you know, not his contract expired. Joey can go work wherever, whereas um, in a, they're NXT, so it's not as long. But there's going to be a no compete clause that they are now unable to work these ten individuals for a competing company for X amount of days. You know, I, I and I know it's a little bit less over down at NXT than it is on Raw or SmackDown, but that's uh, I think that kind of factors in that. Hey, now you can go do whatever you want, Joey. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and move on to number three. What do we have on number three of the three count, Brian? All right, guys. Speaking of AEW, Dynamite last night was main evented by a Ring of Honor match with Mercedes Martinez winning the women's title for the third time in the last five Dynamites at Ring of Honor main eventing Dynamite. So is Ring of Honor working? They got to figure this out, guys. <laughs> like, they absolutely, they just got to figure this out soon. And maybe they will now. I know Tony tweeted out before the show yesterday that now he is the official owner of Ring of Honor, that the sale finally went through yesterday. So maybe he can work on getting a deal, doing whatever. But he has been, he's, he's found a way now to get, I believe, all of the ROH championships around the waists of wrestlers he employs. So you don't have to worry about Deanna Perrazzo as the linear champion in Ring of Honor coming into AEW with really no heads up, you know? Like, I mean, if you follow wrestling, you recognize her name, but maybe you don't know her story, you don't know enough about her, and suddenly she's main eventing AEW despite making her AEW debut um, and Dynamite debut on Wednesday with, like, no warning, and, and next thing you know, she's in there, and Mercedes Martinez, like, she, who hasn't done much on AEW television. So, like... It just seems like the ROH stuff right now is kind of getting in the way of everything else that's going on in AEW. And they've got a lot of other things going on. They're going to have some interesting decisions that they're going to have to make to double or nothing, especially if they decide to put any ROH championship defenses on that sh on, on that card. So the three of us know what ROH means. I'm sure that all three of us have gone to an ROH show at one point or time. Uh, so we understand what ROH is. But the thing that Tony Khan cannot do is cater to a niche audience. I don't mean the AEW audience. I'm talking about the ROH audience. We have to remember what ROH was uh, when they closed the doors, when Sinclair pretty much closed the doors on them. It was, a, it was a, a company that had talent, but no one could find them. They had, they had regional television through Sinclair, but they did not have a grasp on – on professional wrestling like like they used to roh used to be one of the best indie shows that i've ever seen live that's what they used to be all the great talent that we've seen over the years a lot of them came through roh and it was great to watch especially live they had quality pay-per-views and it was great but you have to understand if you're tony khan like putting 
uh, that match, Deanna Perrazzo and Mercedes Martinez and the main event of Dynamite, like, I have no problem with women's wrestling. I have no problem with those two. I know who those two are. But if you're trying to grow your business, you can't have that as your main event. If, I'm, if I've said, you know, I'm done with the WWE, I'm going to watch AEW, and then here comes ROH wrestlers coming in, you're like, wait a minute, what, what is that? Right, you you're you're, co- you're confusing the marketplace by bringing in a company that de- doesn't even have a TV show. ROH doesn't even have a streaming show. So so why are you putting ROH ahead of your talent in main event spots? Like that was not a bad match. It was a fine match. It was eleven yeah. minutes. It was fine. But the point is though is that I'm I tune I tune in to watch AEW. I don't tune in to watch New Japan. I tune in to watch AEW. And so Tony has to understand like as a booker. You have to put your talent first. That that match for Perrazzo Martinez should have been on Rampage. That's where it should have been. And yeah, it's a tape, yes, but uh, nothing's more important to Tony. Shouldn't be anything more important than put on AEW talent and main event spots. This is your flagship show. Like this is this is the show. So to do it on that show, like you said, I mean Rampage. I, you know, if it opens up Rampage, I, I think that's a tremendous spot for it. And I don't know if this is Tony overreacting to the comments that we saw and talked about last week from Becky Lynch saying, hey, our women's division is better. They don't get booked. They don't get the kind of time that we get over there. So he decides to put the women in the main event. But the other thing, Deanna Perrazzo is not your talent. Like you've got some really talented women in that locker room that probably deserve to be in a main event of Dynamite, which is a huge deal right now in your company because, again, it's your flagship show. So to main event, your flagship show is a big deal. But instead, you decided to put somebody from Impact Wrestling in that spot because you had to unify your ROH championship so you could get it around the waist of the the, the wrestler that you employ. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, that's the weird part is, like, you talk about, as I said, three of the last five Dynamites. You had last night, Suzuki versus Joe for the TV title, bucked FTR. When we talk about there being too much talent, there's not enough to do. Like, it was a month ago, we talked about Supercard of Honor, and the one thing I wanted to come out of that show was, what's next? Where do we find Ring of Honor? We still don't know. It's May 5th. We still don't know where to find Ring of Honor. And if it's, it's become the developmental, if it becomes their NXT, great. But it needs to become that. Like, it's getting in the way right now. And, like, I agree. They definitely were re- reacting to the Becky comments. I mean, Rosa was talking about it. Like, they tried to sort of add a little bit more women stuff. And it's nitpicking. But, like, it still wasn't in a big spot. Like, no one could go to the ring. Like, why was that Thunder Rosa promo at the top of the ramp? Why was she not in the ring doing that? And, you know, the whole Britt Baker and that whole tag match they're setting up, it's been three straight shows of them in the back just cutting promos, not doing anything. Like, I get it. And if you're signing Perrazzo, great. But, like, you're not. They didn't mention the Impact thing, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what Impact gets out of the deal at all. Because every time they get guys on or girls on TV, they're losing. But it's really just getting in the way right now. And that's unfortunate. And I think that's going to take away from Ring of Honor ultimately. Yeah, they, I mean, they had two studs. They had two of their – I mean, Deanna Peraza was really good, you know, a really yeah. good wrestler. And then they had W. Morrissey. Both yeah. lose on AEW television last night right. if you're Impact. Which, by the way, I know Jay Hood hasn't mentioned it, but, I mean, Impact uh, does start here in about 13 minutes. As, uh, we get the pregame show wrapping up here. <laughs> I love that we are the wrap-up to Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Access TV, fight it if you dare. I – uh. But, but Harder Perrazzo, to find uh, access or true TV when you're trying to watch the opening round of the NCAA ooh. tournament. Uh, 
I think access. Okay. Oh, because, yeah. the, because the impractical jokers are pretty funny on, on True TV. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're actually pretty hilarious. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I've, I've watched that show. It's pretty good. Uh, but I just, I, I look at that and people, you know, I've seen wrestling Twitter say, oh, everyone's complaining. You know, you want more women on the show and then you get more women on the show and then you complain. That's not the point. And, and I was telling Brian this earlier. It is important, especially if you're an AEW fan, you want it to be long-lasting. You don't want this to be just something that's just around for a few years and go away. WWE is better when they have competition. And they're not direct competition as far as, you know, Wednesday nights head up or Monday nights or Friday. But the point is, though, is that you want AEW to be good. You want them to have sound booking. And unless there's a streaming deal, and I know that you guys go through this like I do, I've not seen any rumors about a streaming deal. If you want to showcase our ROH, our ROH talent because there's going to be a deal where we can see them on television on a regular basis, that's fine. But if you're just plugging them in, just saying, well, we need this match here, and we'll, just, well then what about the AEW wrestlers? See, this is when you have to understand bad, bu- bad booking and assumption will kill a company. It will, no matter how much money you have. Yeah, I well, think because- that's fair, and I think that's part of it. Like, Perazzo is in that match, and you get excited if you've seen that name, if you know that name, but we're probably not going to see her again. Like, she's working at Impact. She couldn't work Supercard of Honor. That's why she wasn't in that match. And, you know, talking about the longevity, 900,000 watching every week, and it was a little down this week, is a great number. Like, I'm sure Warner Media is thrilled. They're happy to have 900,000 people on a Wednesday night when they're not airing, you know, live sports. I'm sure they're great with that. But it needs to take that next step. It needs to pass a million every week not just those random one-offs and you know everyone makes fun of oh big announcement this week and i think ultimately like when you have these random one-off matches you get that slight pop but you need to have it continue week in and week out yeah you just need to find a way to build that consistency and that's i think to jay hood's point you don't want to tick off your talent in the back it seems like AEW, like they're in good spots even when we just talked about joey Janela. hey i think it's a great place it wasn't great for me but i think it could be something good so you still have people leaving the company who aren't mfing the place and saying oh this place sucks this you know so you're in a good spot but if you start bringing in outside talent and they're the main event like you start doing that on a regular basis my guess is that's going to tick off your actual employees you know, like is uh, Jade Cargill, who is somebody that they continue to build up as 30, and know, and all these, I mean, she wrestles mostly on Friday nights. She's not very often on dynamite unless she's cutting a promo and hardly she's cutting the promo. It's, it's her mouthpiece cutting the promo with smart Mark back there. So like, you know, could somebody like that be upset? Who could be a big star that she's not being featured because you decided to bring in Deanna Peraza. Now, again, this is one week right yeah. now. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it cannot become habit. Well, I mean, to this point, I don't know if it's fair, but, like, one of the things that pissed Punk off most about WWE was, like, The Rock main eventing mania and the part-timers main eventing mania. And Perazzo's not a part-timer. She's wrestling week in and week out. She's all over the place. But she's a part-timer to that AEW audience. So, like, to your point, I think that sort of sums it up. Like, it sucks to have, you know, busting your ass and being out there and then, like, hey, we're going to bring someone else in for the main event tonight. I just, I, I mean, you just can't do that. And, and what's disappointing about that is, this is, again, I want to make sure it's clear that people are listening. We're not shitting on Perazzo and Martinez. We're not saying no. that that was a bad match. It was, they actually should have had more time. But the point is, though, it's just time and place. Baltimore was a hot crowd. That They were in the smaller building. They were in the Chesapeake uh, Arena. So it was 3,000, a legit sellout, right? So smaller building. And that crowd was hot. 
But then the pin was in the balloon when those two came out because they were like, wait. And that's an ROH town, Baltimore. That's the thing that's funny. Baltimore was based, ROH was based out of Baltimore. And, but they knew who they were, but they were confused because those are AEW people. And they're like, what are these ROH people doing here? They, it was because it was hot for uh, Blackpool Combat Club. It was hot for Santana Jericho, hot for Jeff Hardy anytime that he comes out. Ray Phoenix and Dante Martin, but then you, those two came out, and it was just kind of like, well, you know, so it was flat. I mean, Martinez wins the match, but people did not, they didn't cheer until the end, and that's disappointing. Well, because, I mean, outside of her winning at Supercard of Honor, which, again, is an ROH show, so I yeah. know we watched it because we're yeah. general wrestling, but, <laughs> but how many AEW fans were watching that? despite knowing that Tony Khan was booking the show. My guess is not many. So Martinez on AEW television hasn't been featured prominently, hasn't been shown as a, you know, especially in a company where they say wins and losses matter, hasn't been shown in the best of light. And now all of a sudden she's going, like you said earlier, you, you don't know if she's a heel, baby face, are we cheering her, are we not? But we don't really know the other one either. So we're not really, I mean, there's just all sorts of confusion and, and you can't have that in your main event. It's happened too often now, you know, where the AEW has had some of the confusion in the main, main event. And a lot of it's been around ROH. Cause that, if you remember, that's when Satnam Singh also debuted when the lights went out and everyone's like, huh? Who? Right. So right. You, you, you can't, it's this ROH stuff. So the question is ring of honor working for me. It's not like as, as much as I revered the history of ring of honor, it's not working for me right now because it's getting in the way of, other things AEW that I enjoy. Um, guys, did we we have not talked about Dynamite from Baltimore except for what happened in the main event? But I don't know if this is on our text chain or if we mentioned this in the podcast. Gabe, I know that there's a guy that was in that Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifier that you really, really love that I don't think you've talked about on the air. Oh, the best wrestler in the world. See <laughs> <laughs> huh. a punk. Yeah, Hangman oh, said he was in there. <laughs> yeah, Hangman was uh, no Ray Phoenix, and that is, by the way, to me that was the match of. And this is probably very unbiased. Um, <laughs> I admit that because of how much I love Ray Phoenix, but he had like from the second. I, I think they called it some sort of side Russian leg sweep <laughs> from the middle rope. The, ridiculous creative offense from Ray Phoenix in that Dante Martin match. That, to me, was it was the best match of the week. It was my favorite match of the week. Good on Ray Phoenix coming back because when he initially injured that arm, you, I mean, I'm sure Brian loved it because it was gruesome. But, um, yeah, I was terrified because I thought he was going to be out for a long period of time for him to be back this soon and doing the things that he does. He is just such a joy to watch. He does something in the ring that I have never seen every time he steps in there, which is why I enjoy him and call him the best wrestler in the world because of the creative offense he, he comes up with. But that was that to me was the best match I watched all week, and that was Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix. Well, yeah, to we tie in the last question real quick, like what if it was flipped? What if that was the main event and it followed Martinez and Peraza? Would you guys feel differently about Ring of Honor? Like how would you look at it if that was the case? If Martin and Phoenix closed Dynamite last night? Oh, I would have been I would have been fine with it, uh, because it's it's an actually a W match at the end. Okay, yeah, that's I would have I would have been totally fine with it. That was a spot fest. I don't know if that was a match as much as a spectacle. <laughs> yeah, but it was wow. fun to watch. It was fun to watch. I know you had fun. Yeah, oh yeah, no question. I saw stuff. I saw stuff I've never seen before, 
in that. Yeah, they did that backflip and they landed on their feet. Where both of them landed on their feet, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not. I was kind of confused. Like, I'm not sure. Like, somebody was countering something there. I mean, again, <laughs> synchronizing that up and being able to do it is impressive. I didn't necessarily understand it in the context of the match. That that yeah. would have been my only like complaint about that match. I just thought that was just gonna be a just a garden variety Spanish fly, and it wasn't. They both landed on their feet. I'm like, what? What is this now? Like, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. It was it was interesting, if nothing else. Um, my best match of the week was AJ Styles against Damian Priest. That was okay. my that was my match. Um, it's AJ Styles. Of course, it's gonna be a good match. Of course. I mean, so I thought that I know the stipulation for this. This is why Priest will not be uh, in Edge's corner. But for Raw, and we've talked about it, you know, hats off. Thank God for the DVR because there's no way I could sit through three hours of Raw. I I can't do it, man. I could never do that. If you got Hulu, you watch an hour and a half of that, God bless you. But to sit there for three hours and just like, yep, Stone Cold's going to come out one day. Yep. Rock's going to come out. Yep. I know. I know it's going to happen. Hogan's going to come out. Like, no. I watch it on the DVR, and it's so much better. But I thought that that was my uh, my favorite match. It was AJ Styles and Damian Priest. And I think that Priest, guys, I mean, he's a heel now. But as I said before, when he was at WrestleMania, um, the last WrestleMania before. With um, bad money. Or, or, yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to be a top-notch babyface. And he's not. And it's okay. But I know that guy can work. So I enjoyed that match this week. I agree with you about Raw. I'm still angry with those few weeks where they got me to watch live, uh, anticipating the Cody return. I agree with Gabe. I think Phoenix and Dante was my favorite match. The other one I'll throw out there, surely for the crowd, Wardlow and William Morrissey was a lot of fun. When he hit that powerbomb, that place was going nuts. I would have loved to see another one. I would love to see you know, the, the powerbomb sympathy, but like that was a pretty fun match. And Wardlow is ridiculously over right now. But I liked that it wasn't the powerbomb symphony because – like, to me, there was, hey, this is a big guy. I got to make sure I cover him. Whereas in the past, when he does the symphony, and he does it one, and he does it again, and then the crowd chants for one more time, and he does it. That's him showboating. Like, that's him showing off, knowing, okay. yeah, I don't have to worry about it. Whereas with with Morrissey, you're like, oh, I got to cover this guy. But that was a fun match, too. As Big E likes to say, that was big, meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> As the half-ass historian here on the program, the reason why Morrissey only took one powerbomb is because he's got to go back home to Impact. That's the only reason why I did the match is because it's like, I, you know Impact probably told him, like, okay, one powerbomb. If, if he takes four, I can't put him on my TV because now he literally looks bad. He can't but be like the rest losing. of the guys. Like, there was no part of that. Like, he loses. You're like, oh, I want to go watch that guy. Like, I don't get the impact side of it. Like, just to get the mention, like, that's the only reason they're there. Like, it I makes mean, no sense. They get I, no moments on impact. I thought Morrissey had a couple of good offense. I mean, the, the move that he had that was kind of a, a, a modified sidewalk slam was was pretty cool. Um, I thought there were a couple of moments where he looked all right. Uh, guys, I know that it's going to – maybe I'm taking it too far. I had Nash vibes watching Morrissey. The way he moved around the ring, Kevin Nash vibes. I did. The way he moved around the ring like as a big guy, I was like, hmm, that's pretty good. I liked what I saw there. He actually had more offense than Lance uh, Archer had. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how old? I, I guess I, I, I should probably know this, but I don't know how old he is. But watching him and going, okay, so the WWE wants young stars. They want these big guys. Why did they let this guy go again? 
Like he seems like he's got a lot of potential, like and and he would seem to fit that mold of what WWE wants to be, especially in NXT 2.0. The internet How about that chant? 35. How about that chant last night? You yeah, we want Enzo. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then Morrissey does like the like the little Enzo dance, like the yeah. backup dance. I was like, oh my god, that's all. That's so inside, but it's so funny. I love it. Yeah, I thought, again, I thought he came off pretty well last night, despite being the loser in that match. All right, we're going to be reluctantly watching WrestleMania Backlash this Sunday. We're going to talk about it. Hopefully, we'll be pleasantly surprised, much like we were pleasantly surprised uh, by WrestleMania. And I know Jay Hood's certainly going to be pleasantly surprised whenever he finds AXS and access so he can watch <laughs> Impact tonight. And he's having trouble, but I know he's going to find it because it is 7 o'clock. Uh, but we're going to watch all the wrestling. We're going to talk about it all again right, ne- right here next week only on GKW. What channel is this?